You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. It's Thursday, November 10th. And this evening, I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? Yo, buddy. I'm great. How are you? I'm happy to be here. It's late. It's way later than it usually is. So I've got a few more Heinekens in me than I normally do. So this should be very entertaining. <laughs> All right, my friend. Yeah, you're ready to go. I love it. I'm, I'm doing well. It's good to hear your voice. So among several items I'd like to cover with you tonight, my friend, is, of course, number two Ohio State's matchup with lowly Indiana this coming Saturday in the Horseshoe. But before we go there, I feel like Buckeye Nation needs a wellness check this evening. How we doing, Buckeye fans? Right. How we doing? Rough day in Evanston last weekend, driven mainly primarily by extreme weather conditions as a lot of Ohio State fans questioning the course of the season right now, maybe even questioning Ryan Day, maybe Jim Knowles. The national discourse around the Buckeyes has turned a bit negative. You've got Joel Klatt, for example, elevating Michigan over the Buckeyes in his weekly rankings for the first time this season. But, you know, you look around, Ohio State still leads the country in scoring offense and offensive yards per play. Defensively, they're in the top 10 nationally in total defense, scoring defense, defensive yards per play against a good schedule. They've won every game by double digits, and they have a bunch of players up for major awards. Tommy Eichenberg, Lathan Ransom, Paris Johnson Jr., Emeka Buka, with many more to come because only a very small handful of the national awards, the semifinalists have been announced so far. Ohio State is still number two in the playoff rankings. So what happened at Evanston last Saturday did really nothing to deter the, the playoff committee. And so, you know, Michigan is good too. Okay. So that's Mm -hmm. the natural order of things, is it not? We want them to be good. We want their fans to care about this game, right? We've been pining for them to be good. We've been begging for them to be good for the better part of a decade. And we always want that game to have the highest stakes possible. So so what's the fucking problem, Buckeye fans? So PBH, my question to you is, because it seems like a lot of Ohio State fans aren't enjoying themselves right now. Are you still enjoying this season? (laughs) Of course. Well, yes. However, now that being said, so right, there's always two sides to every coin. (laughs) So just a little side note on my personal life. My whole plan was um, Friday night, Dead Mouse played at Red Rocks. um, (laughs) And I was super excited for that. And we had a nice crew that was going and I knew it was going to be a late night. There was a decent chance I might be a little hungover. You know, I'm just saying it was possible. Uh, and all I wanted, all I wanted was to sit on that couch at 11 a.m. So 9 a.m., you know, and just chill, watch the Buckeyes. This could not be a game and, you know, <laughs> ride through the day to the right. next games. Uh, I find myself over at Wands around 11 I'm cracking a pale ale, pacing, (laughs) we're changing shirts, we're screaming at the TV. Like it was just not the, you know, 
Like it wasn't the the game that we all expected. So this is um, two two weeks two Saturdays in a row wardrobe change in, in the middle of, yes. of the game. Wardrobe okay. change, just <laughs> terrible. Uh, and oh, and then in the middle of it, there was like this windstorm, and the power went out. So Juan was actually on his way over to my house, and then I'm like, dude, power's out. So I'm like trying to get it on my TV or on my phone on YouTube TV. So we end up at his house, um, and and that was just ridiculously painful <laughs> to watch it was um, so that's sort of the backdrop of it now that being said i'm kind of of the ilk that man you can glean nothing from that game i mean it was mm-hmm. a tropical depression in 40 degree temperatures <laughs> i mean you don't play football like in those conditions um and when we talked at halftime right like it also had a lot of the other characteristics, you know, that are that would lend, you know, yourself to predict that kind of a game. Right? Yeah, Ryan, and we talked. We mentioned some of that stuff in the pregame pod, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's a high school stadium. It's eleven a.m. You know, they're and and again, these early starts, like these guys, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, so I don't so. If I look at it from that lens, I don't really, you know, put much stock or, you know, freak out that much Mm -hmm. about that particular game. On the other hand, that is three weeks in a row where we're kind of, they're nail biters. Um, And football is a fourth quarter, you know, or four quarter game. But, you know, there's some, there's some areas to be concerned and i'm sure we're going to get into it um i think it's you know mostly around the offensive line in the run game mm-hmm. and i think teams can scheme a high state to be somewhat one-dimensional um and that does have me a little bit concerned hmm. okay so you know i i don't put too much stock so to wrap it all up i don't put too much stock into the Northwestern game, but three games in a row kind of starts to feel like a trend. And that is a tad worrisome. Okay. Why don't we spend just a couple of minutes looking back real quickly on, on the Northwestern result. It was 21-7 Ohio State. They pull away in the second half. Northwestern jumps out to a 7-0 lead. It seemed like it took Ohio State, both offensively and defensively, about a, about a quarter to adjust. Right, They were not at their best you know, coming, coming out uh, in that first quarter. And you mentioned it, right? 11 a.m. Central kick, 30 to 40 mile, uh, you know, wind gusts. We had rain. We had a half empty stadium. Absolutely no juice whatsoever. I, I saw tweets, many tweets from the beat, the Ohio State beat writers that I follow talking about how there was no atmosphere in the stadium before kickoff. It was dead. I mean, dead as dead could be uh, for a game. And and that's how Ohio State came out of the gates. You know, they were sleepwalking to start that game, give Northwestern a little credit. It was their Super Bowl. They came out with, you know, a, a good scheme and, you know, All played to their things. strengths. All those things. All those things. And Pat Fitzgerald has a history of frustrating Ryan Day. We know he did that a couple years ago in the 2020 Big Ten title game. He junked that game up too. He took advantage of the weather. He ran the play clock down to what, four or five seconds after every play. So he shortened <laughs> the game. He limited possessions for that Ohio State offense. And, you know, I also think... 
Ryan Day probably didn't prepare as well as he could have for the weather conditions. I thought they wasted a lot of downs trying to to throw the ball. And I understand, look, the tip of the spear for Ohio State, certainly for the offense, is that passing game. And you snap that off. It you know it's uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle it's gonna be a slog yeah um, so I thought they wasted some t- some downs trying to throw the ball but after the first quarter I thought they did figure some things out they ran the ball reasonably well I thought they got back to playing good defense Northwestern averaged they ran for about eighty three yard eighty four yards in the first quarter. Uh, But then after the first quarter, they averaged only about 2.6 yards per carry. They finished with over 200 yards rushing on the game. But if you look at it, it took them like, I believe, 59 carries to get to that total. So what what were your thoughts on that? We talked at halftime, but uh, and I know you've you've already mentioned some concerns, but were there any other takeaways, anything that you think might be? Uh, that might translate either to Indiana, Maryland, or or Michigan that you observed yeah. in that game that you're worried about. Yeah, you know the one big takeaway that I've been thinking about is okay, so it's blowing you know 30, 35 consistently gusts up to 50, 60. Yeah. and you know Day said, hey, look, you know they're you know sometimes they bring one guy down, um, you know in this case they're bringing two guys down, and Okay, that's fair, right? So it, you know, if they they got eight guys and you got six guys, it's you know makes sense. It's gonna they might have two guys that are free that are gonna stop the run the run right. game because they know you're gonna run the ball. So why not just go to a heavy set? Why not bring in an extra lineman? Bring in Mitch Rossi. Mm-hmm. Go to a two tight two tight end set. And just say, okay, let's play, you know, mash it up, right? So this goes into that narrative, right? The offensive line is soft and, you know, we're not tough. And then I'm thinking, you know, he has a tendency to be pretty freaking stubborn to do what he wants to do versus making adjustments to what the other team is doing to you. And then again, you're, you're just playing in just insane conditions. So that is the one thing, you know, we saw in Clemson in the very first playoff game where he was just, he was slow to adjust. And I, I, I think he wants to just inflict his will from an offensive perspective. And that kind of gets him into trouble. And he, gets there somewhere mid or, you know, early third quarter, mm-hmm. but why not get there in the mid second quarter? I'm looking at the, the first quarter stats from the game. So CJ Stroud, eight pass attempts in the first quarter. He was three of eight for 21 yards. And, um, you know, Ohio state, uh, running the football, 10 carries for 26 yards. Yeah. You would have just thought, but maybe out of the gates, you, you just right. You you go to a heavy set just to start. You what are your goal line package or whatever, and just <laughs> right. you know, constantly uh, right. It's really force the issue running the football. So there were other, some extenuating circumstances. First of all, you know, Trevion Henderson was unavailable. Mayan Williams, yeah. who had to leave after the Penn State game after only two carries because of a hand injury of some kind, and I think we we also believe he's got some kind of a lower leg thing he's been nursing uh, probably since September. So they don't have their full arsenal running the ball. They can't throw the ball and uh, they're having trouble. At, I, I think you know, from what I've read and what I've been listening to, the the issues on the offensive line, can re- they really boil down to the play of the guards. And um, 
they're just not getting, uh, you know, the play that they need from Matthew Jones, especially who's injured. And, uh, you know, it's the interior, that the offensive line that I think is really kind of the issue with running the ball. There are some predictable, very predictable tendencies that they have running the ball. We talked about that last week. I think we saw that play out this week. I also thought Mayan Williams didn't run uh, all that well in the early going, right? I, he didn't do a good job of running through contact. I don't think he was great at, you know, taking advantage of cutback lanes and that sort of thing. He didn't look as explosive as he has previously. So there were some extenuating circumstances too, um, but I, I'm with you. I I just I would not glean too much into what we saw on Saturday, as it relates to what we're going to see on November 26th against Michigan. Yeah, or, or you know, on Saturday, right? Right. Like, and and again, I just looked at the weather, and it's funny. Like Joel Clatt, who's hilarious. Uh, you know, he's like every Buckeye fan in the world is checking <laughs> the weather before every game, and it's it's true. It's going to rain all freaking day on Friday. It's probably going to rain on Saturday. Um, and yeah, you know, I I think that's a whole nother topic, right? The running backs. Clearly, Williams was. You know, I don't know. He, he he did turn it on in the in the second half, but he was not the same back that he's been that we expect in the first half. Mm-hmm. You and I talked at halftime. We talked about you know, geez, maybe give somebody else another chance, you know, or Hayden, or you know, uh, the other the the transfer guy, uh, train him, so, chip, so train him, yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially and, he's injured, you know, right? It's and you give him a career high twenty six carries. To, a, right. to to your to one of your top two backs, the other back is not available, and you give the other guy 20, a career high twenty six carries, and you don't give him a break at all, right? He he gets no, you yeah, know, none, none. Yeah, yeah. that's tempting and, you know, fate there. I, mean, I think from what we've seen from Hayden, like you know, he he's like your words, he's got some wiggle, mm-hmm. right? He's got some pop. He's got to be fresh. You know what? If he fumbles, I mean, I know turnovers are huge. The, the most astonishing thing of that game is I don't think there was a turnover. There wasn't. Was there? That's right. I mean, so, you know, if he fumbles the ball, then fine. He fumbles the ball, then you bring Williams back in. But like what at, at this point, what do you have to lose? And now I'm wondering, because we don't know, right? We, we truly have no clue how injured these guys are. Henderson, right. Williams, you know, uh, JSN. Um, so why not give him 15 carries against Indiana? Why not give him, you know, the reps that he needs because you might need him against Michigan. If these guys, you know, have these nagging injuries, I don't know what you have to lose at this point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, in part in the pond, I've been shouting into the wind for the last two weeks about Hayden and or train him. And it, it just, uh, him, you know, yeah. would have seemed to me that to make sense that you only have one, of your top two backs available, the others injured, and you give you give Williams a career high twenty six carries. He had a rough go of it early on, you know, in the first quarter, but he did finish with one hundred eleven rushing yards, two touchdowns. So, and and that just kind of brings me to just to the overall result. And uh, you know, Ohio State did end up, you know, they did finish with over two hundred yards rushing. Uh, they averaged five point nine yards per rush, three rushing touchdowns. They just found a way. And and then, you know, the other thing that I said in the postgame pod is, you know, if you were in the CJ Stroud needs to run the ball more camp, I mean, right. take take a victory lap, right? Six carries, 79 yards. He had two critical keepers on the zone read. 
that led to their first and last touchdown of the game, including the 44-yard scamper in the fourth quarter that basically put the game away. It was ironic that that's how C.J. Stroud ends the game, not with his arm, but with his legs. And so that's something I think that's replicable for Ohio State out of this performance. And I think maybe there is a silver lining in there out of this performance that Stroud was forced to run and forced to show a little something on film to future opponents for Ohio State that he can keep, he can make the read in the zone, you know, in that zone read, can keep the ball and actually do a little damage. Like we, we saw this at the end of the 2018 season when Dwayne Haskins started to keep the ball and run a little bit in that Maryland game. Remember that Maryland game? That went into oh, yeah. overtime that was played in the 50s. Oh, man, what a disaster. High State escapes narrowly in that game. But Haskins ran, you know, he had a similar rushing output in that game. And he ran a little bit in the victory against Michigan the next week. Well, Stroud's a better athlete, I think, than than Haskins. And I think he can do some things. So I thought that was one benefit that came out of this test. Ohio State absolutely could not throw the ball. The weather was dictating that. They had to get creative. They had to find other ways to score. You even saw Emeka Ibuka with a jet sweep for a touchdown in the red zone. So I'm looking at this a little differently. I'm looking at this from the perspective of, you know, finding ways to win in the face of adversity. And Ohio State has had to do that now several times. They had to do it in the opener against Notre Dame, against a, you know what's turned out to be a quality Notre Dame team that's now elevated into the, the college football playoff committee's top 20 after the big win over uh, Clemson last week. But in that opener, right, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba suffer what effectively turned out to be a season-ending injury in the middle. Right, how many series? Within the second series, you know, halfway through the first quarter, you lose yeah, one of the yeah. top 10 players in college football and you have to adjust on the fly. You don't also don't have Julian Fleming in that game and you have to just find a way. And they did it. They did it again last week. And I think there there's value when you're on a, a, a run toward a championship. I think there's real value in finding a way when you don't have your best stuff or when things aren't available to you because of injury or weather circumstances. So that's that's the way I'm choosing to look at this for Ohio State. I don't know. Am I crazy, PBH? Am I being Pollyannish? Am no. I being too positive? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, time will tell, right? Like, who knows? I mean, yeah, it just depends what lens you decide to look you know, look it through, right. uh, you know, that, that all sounds great. That team was also <laughs> one and seven. Um, That's I, true. I was, you know, as you were talking about that though, right. It, 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 it's, it's another, you know, arrow in their quiver, right. This whole concept of the RPO uh-huh. and it's hard to defend, you know, I mean, it there's is. a reason why, you know, offense is like, that is their, I mean, Northwestern, right? Like it's difficult to defend, mm-hmm. you know, and they were having success with it. So, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we have been loath to do that for the last two seasons. And to your point, right? Like there's been a lot of chatter of people that want to see that. I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, was that just a flash in the pan and we're not going to see it again? Or is it, you know, hey, you know, we will utilize this in the next games, you know, and, you know, we, we might not need it. But guess what? We might also it's on need film. It. And so, well, in and, that zone, and then, read. Yeah, then, and then you throw it on film. Right. So then they got to defend against it. But I, I just wonder, like, did Day and Stroud have this conversation on the sideline where Day's like, look, bro, you, you finally got to run the ball. Like, we're fucking I believe desperate. he did. I don't know. It's- I, I believe he did. I, I heard in a, in one of the uh, podcasts that I listened to that he told he, to, he told Stroud, you're going to have to make a read here. We might need you to make a read and keep it. 
And, uh, you know, to his credit, he did. And he made an impact. This, these just weren't token. Dude, it, this wasn't. It was backbreaking. It was, Those two plays were the backbreakers yeah, this, of the whole game. So, you know, Corcoran said on our text thread that he thought it was a gimmick. And I just, I totally disagree with that. I mean, in a 21-7 game, when Stroud pulling the ball on the zone read sets Ohio State up in the red zone for two touchdowns, uh, effectively, that's the margin of victory in a close game and bad yeah. weather. That's not a gimmick. I feel like every run toward a championship has a game like this. This reminded me, I remember back in 2006, I remember Ohio State the week before they played Michigan that season, had to go to Champaign, Illinois, and play a lousy Illinois team. And they had to squeak it out in shitty weather conditions. Very similar. A lot of wind, cold. Ohio State had, I'm looking at the box score from that game right now, 224 yards of total offense. Uh, Troy Smith. The future, the, the, the would-be Heisman Trophy winner was 13 of 23 for 108 yards passing and an interception, no touchdowns. So, you know, the, the last time, well, one, yeah, the last time Ohio State won a national championship, 2014, they lost a game at home to a, what turned out to be a shitty Virginia Tech team. And they had another stinky performance later in that season, double overtime to Penn State on the road. You know, that was not a very good Penn State team. I remember they were in a tight game with Minnesota later in the season. They only won by a touchdown in snowy weather. So, but of course, in the moment, I'm sure, I don't remember this, but in the moment, I'm sure there were all kinds of overreactions and, oh, maybe we need to reevaluate this team and maybe they're not as good as we thought. So, I mean, this performance against Northwestern looks and smells a lot like that. And I, I just, you know, I just, I think there's a lot of overreactions uh, this week because, you know, what else are people talking about? And of course, Ohio State fans mm -hmm. are the, you know. Yeah, they're freaking the F the, out. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're I mean, the most yeah. anxious fan base, I think, in the country, right? We're just, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 just partially. Well, this is their year, though, right? I mean, sure. Um, yeah. Next year, you know, Stroud's going to be gone. They're going to play McCord. I mean, they'll, they'll be very good. They'll be in the mix, right? But this is their like. You get these. You know, if you're high state, you get every three years or so. Like, yeah, you sh you need to close this deal if you can, right? Now Georgia looks like a juggernaut. Well, right, but. Other than that, right? You know, yeah, and and they've 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 had their moments where they don't look that great. I mean, they look great, you know, in the first game. But of the but season, isn't that they Big Ten weekend? Yeah, isn't that Big Ten football though? Right. I mean, is it because Michigan is Michigan has done the same thing? If you look over at what they're doing, they've had even more games where they did not put together a four quarter performance. Either they dicked around in the first half like they did last week at, against Rutgers. They were losing that game at halftime. Right. I mean, yeah. I was watching all these Michigan fans in my Twitter feed giving Ohio State fans <laughs> shit for the way they played against Northwestern. And then their team is losing at halftime to a stinky <laughs> Rutgers team. And, uh, you know, Rutgers actually, I don't know, their quarterback just went colorblind at the beginning of the third quarter. I think he threw three straight interceptions right to Michigan players. Anyway, and then the week before that, Michigan had a like a 13 to 7 halftime lead over a lousy Michigan State team. So we've seen both teams 
not look great, not look dominant for four quarters. So maybe the expectations are a little ridiculous, especially for Ohio State. You're oh. in Big Ten play now. Sorry, you're not going to dominate every for four straight quarters. Some of these teams, even if they're not very good, are good enough to keep it close for a quarter, a quarter and a half, maybe even a half. So, you know, we're not in, we're not in the non-conference anymore. And maybe some fans are forgetting that too. Sorry, PBH, I, I cut you off. You were well, going to make a point? Yeah, well, and that's the great irony of this, right? For years and years and years, right? Back to trestle ball, right? The punt was the most important play. We played <laughs> amazing defense, and we just wanted a competent offense. And now we have that. And we even have the great, we have the best offense in the country, right? right? But, you know, th- there is probably some, you know, uh, there's some reasons why, you know, the Woody Hayes, three yards in a cloud of dust, right? And we're just going to run the ball, right? Because it's the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Conditions are going to get shitty. And, you know, but against the Alabamas, you know, in the last decade, right? You couldn't win that way, right? Like we learned that the hard way. So right. now we have this offense, which is what we've all wanted for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we're almost being penalized for it or, or, or taking grief for it, right? When the conditions get bad and everyone thinks oh well guess what here comes michigan right they're just gonna moss in the trenches and (laughs) you know we know what we're gonna get with them and you're like um okay that's fine but you know there's a reason why day has instilled the offense that we have today and in 40 mile an hour you know wind it's not gonna work right however that's the offense i want and yeah. I'll take my chances, right? Yeah. And somebody else made a great point. Um, and I don't know who it was, um, you know, and, you know, talking about projecting, looking ahead against Michigan and like, oh, if it's cold. And I even said the same thing, right? I hope it's 50 and sunny when we play Michigan. Stroud actually had pretty freaking great numbers against Michigan last year. He did. Right. That he wasn't, did. that wasn't the problem. It was that they killed us on the fucking defensive side of the ball and just ran the ball right down our throats. It wasn't Stroud's fault. We lost that game. You know, Stroud kept us in it. I think, well, what Michigan was able to do, though, I think if I remember the PFF stats, I think Michigan had 31 pressures on Stroud in that game. And yes, the defense was a disaster. It was an unmitigated disaster, right? I mean, look, you demote you, you demote your defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah. So, so there were issues there that will not be issues on November twenty sixth. Ohio State has been constructed to beat SEC teams. Yeah, right, absolutely. That's what 100%. this passing game is about. That's why you have uh, you know the the pass rushers that they do. This is a team that is constructed to win in the playoff, to beat Alabama, to beat Clemson, to compete with the passing games that you see from those teams. Now, uh, t- to your point about this being Ohio State's year, it really is when you look at Bama's down. How much longer are they going to be down and out of the mix? You usually, only get one year of Bama out of the playoff, and then they come back with a vengeance the next year. Same with Clemson. So when you look at the field, yeah, absolutely, there's a huge opportunity here for Ohio State. But back to the other point, which is Ohio State is built to win those games in the playoff. And where are those games played? Well, first of all, the Big Ten title games played in a dome, and the playoffs are either played in sunny weather in Florida or Southern California or in a dome. So. Uh, but Michigan, they're sticking with the, the Big Ten formula, right? That yeah, that Big Ten 100%. formula that Trestle went with that was good enough to dominate the Big Ten. But when you got into the, the national championship game against the SEC, it wasn't good enough. You could not be one dimension. We saw it last year in the playoff with Michigan against Georgia. You can't run through 
a, a defensive front like Georgia, you got to be able to throw over them. So if Ohio State can navigate the rest of this Big Ten schedule, get through this, this uh, you know, this Michigan running game on steroids, um, then, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think I, I think that's the goal here. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're so fixated on the offense and sort of, you know, the struggles that they've had in the last three games, mostly in the first half. And we're completely glossing over how freaking great the defense is playing. Right. And keeping us in, you know, yeah. And on a turnovers they got against Iowa and Penn state, 10 turnovers between those two games, by the way, 10 turnovers and none against Northwestern. And, you know, there were some moments, there was that drive in the third quarter where I think they converted four, like third and nine in a row. Um, (laughs) But, you know, they, they still came away with no, like the defense is legit, right? I mean, I think it's, there's some statistic. We have a, a top five offense and a top five defense. I don't know if it's scoring defense or overall defense and offense or whatever case may be, but um, our, our defense is for real, right? Yeah, and it is, I'll take them, you know, I'll, I'll take my chances with those boys. And so guess what? Buckeye nation, we're, we, we might not beat everybody 62 to 17. It's okay. Right. Right. You know, winning 42 to, you know, 20 is still fine. And the defense is at a, at, at a different level. And I think we're fixated on the offense and we're not paying enough attention to the defense. I agree. Look, the, the defense is, I think, built to much better constructed to handle the Michigan run game. And I, I think there are some gifts here in what's transpired over these last couple of weeks. First of all, this lack of toughness narrative. Please, as an Ohio State fan, I, I, I beseech the, the rest of the country, all the national pundits, everybody, even Ohio State fans, if you want, please continue to talk about Ohio State's lack of toughness and by all means, drag the defense into it. I would love it if you would yeah. do that. I mean, that is an absolute gift in a game like this when you're you're looking for every single edge that you can possibly get. Please question Ohio State's toughness. Please. I will take that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, totally. It was a great call out that you had, <laughs> you know, it, it, and it, it makes perfect sense, right? And, you know, they're just sitting there like, oh yeah, bring it on, bring it on. And you know, and again, you, you, you kind of said, we want Michigan to be good. And yeah. I'm not quite sure how good they are, you know, right. and they I, played a shitty schedule. They played the-, the worst schedule of all the playoff contenders. They played an absolute yeah. shit schedule. Sorry, go ahead, PBH. And, you know, so this is the way it should be, right? And as much as I complain about how bad the Big Ten is, you know, I mean, good, good for you, Michigan. We, you know, we need you to be relevant, right? Because, it matters. And I think there's, you know, I, I hate like, Oh, well, what happens if Ohio state lose? Is there a way that they could still get in? Like, no, this is for all the marbles, right? Mm-hmm. Like and that's the way it should be. And, you know, I love that toughness narrative as well. And I think people are sleeping on the defense yeah. in a big, big way. And they're, they're just, we're so used to these prolific offenses that Ohio state and day have put up for the last three, four or five years. And, you know, all right, fine. I, you know what? I'll take a Michigan 17 to 14 W because our defense shuts them down. And mm-hmm. you've been talking a lot about this, like Michigan's very one dimensional, you know? And so let, let's see what you can do when you have to, you know, 
open up your playbook a little bit more against a quality defense like Ohio State's going to bring to the table versus the schedule that they played so far. Yep, I agree. And, you know, <laughs> we're still two weeks away from the game and Ohio State still has know, two yeah. more opponents, but I, I can't resist. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I want to dive into this matchup right now. And and I've I've mentioned this as we've gone along because we always devote a little bit, at least a little bit of the podcast to Michigan, because that's what we do as Ohio State fans. We keep a watchful eye on Michigan. But so far from what I've seen, and this is the last thing I'll say on Michigan. And let's have a look at the Indiana, the Indiana matchup for this weekend. Uh, they have trouble scoring in the red zone. Even with Blake Corum, who is having a Heisman caliber season, he, he's been great. They have real trouble scoring in the red zone. They don't trust their quarterback to throw over, you know, 10 yards. And th- that's against one of the worst schedules, maybe the worst schedule of all the playoff contenders. And they have not, like Ohio State, they've had plenty of instances where they've not put together a four-quarter game. But the standard's different for Ohio State, right? Ohio State is perceived to be the better program, the more talented program. So we're going to be graded a little bit more uh, harshly, especially in the eyes of the national pundits, than, than Michigan will be. So let's turn our attention to Ohio State, Indiana. Uh, the game, much to your chagrin... <laughs> PBH this Saturday is another noon Eastern kick. I'm sorry about that, my friend. This time it's on Fox. The line is Ohio State minus 40. That's a bigger line than it was last week against Northwestern. The over-under is 59. Ohio State leads the all-time series between these two schools 78-9 to with four ties. Wow. The Buckeyes have won the last 27 games against the Hoosiers, including a 54-7 drubbing in Bloomington last season. Indiana's last win against the Buckeyes was way, way, way back in 1988. PBH, where were you in 1988? Do you remember what you were doing? Were you still in high school? Or you? Uh, yeah, no, I was. Yeah, I was a senior in high school. Oh wow! Yeah, I was yeah. probably drinking beer in some park, like you know, downtown <laughs> Canton somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that, I, I wasn't in class. Uh, that's for sure. I might have been in a swim meet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was the lowest the Ohio State football program has been in my lifetime. Was in 1987, the season before, they also lost to Indiana in the horseshoe, and then they got destroyed in. Bloomington the following season in 88. So uh, Indiana had back-to-back wins in Ohio State during that period, and that was the absolute low point of the Ohio State football program during my lifetime. Anyway, I digress. We're a long, long way from that, way far back in the rear view. Now, the Hoosiers head into Saturday's game at 3-6. and six. They started the season at 3-0. and oh. That included a win over Illinois, who's turned out to be pretty good in their season opener. But the Hoosiers have dropped their last six, including a 45-14 blowout loss to Penn State in Bloomington last Saturday. Now, as their record would suggest, the Hoosiers don't do much of anything well. They're 112th nationally in total offense. They're 128th in offensive yards per play. And I'll remind you, there's 131 teams in the FBS. There are 128th. I mean, that's Iowa territory. Wasn't that guy like an offensive guru at one point, right? No, I think Allen was, uh, he's more of a um, a defensive-minded guy. Um, there are you what I know. <laughs> they're 130th in rushing offense. They're a little more respectable throwing the ball. The Indiana offense is 55th nationally in passing offense. On the other side of the ball, Indiana is just about as dreadful, 103rd nationally in total defense, but a little better in defensive yards per play. They're 61st and they're 82nd nationally against the run. So again, you know, like I said, opportunity here for the Ohio State run game to get right in this game. And they're 107th 
defending the pass. Yikes. Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, <laughs> Julian Fleming. It would figure to be a big day for them and CJ Stroud. So, PBH, let me turn this over to you. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this game. Why don't you give me a, a thought or two uh, how you see this matchup and give me a concernometer score? And I hate to fall into this trap, but I think it's going to be shitty weather. And so, what I actually just want to see the offense do is adjust to the conditions and just maul either way. And if it turns out to be halfway decent game, then, you know, play your normal offense. And if it doesn't, then like I said before, I want to see a two tight end set. I want to line up and run the ball like, and, and see if you can stop us. And if we win that game, then 24 to three, then fine. Great. Um, Just, you know, I, I, that to me is, the most important thing i i i think there's there's no earthly i'm not concerned my concern meters to two maybe even less than that um but i also i just want to see them sort of adapt to you know what the defense is doing to them what the conditions are and you're better than them so just don't play these stupid games and the the other thing is going back to the running game if if Henderson's not going to play or Henderson's or Williams is still hurt, then mm-hmm. I, I would love to see these other guys and start to Hayden set ourselves train up. Him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for down the road. I mean, Ryan Day yeah. was asked about that today and, in his lightning round with the, the Ohio State beat writers. And uh, he did say that Hayden and Trainum will get some run in this game. So re- read into that uh, how you will. But that might yeah. not be a great sign for Travion Henderson again. Yeah, that's he might right. not play again today, or, or sorry, on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's an issue, right? I mean, yeah, his. Dirt, um, I mean, he's only played well, basically not, six it, games well, it's this year. Well, not an issue. It, it, yeah. Again, right? Like he, he's 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 a great athlete. He's got great bursts. You got to play, man, and it's it's frustrating. And you know, not to say that he's not tough or stuff like that, but um, man, and you know, the other thing I've been thinking about is like, man, we we all glossed over the fact when Evan Pryor what tore his ACL or Huge. MCL at yeah. the start of the season. Like, man, how great would it be to have that guy available? Well, injuries across the board for the Ohio State offense have been an, a, a major rough. theme. I mean, you know, you lose one of the 10 best players in the country in your season opener in Smith and Jigba. And as you mentioned, Evan Pryor in, in fall camp, you've got Matthew Jones is nicked up there at, you know, at, at right guard. And, and he's been a bit of a leaking sieve there in the, in the run game. So it has been a major impact. And yeah. And then, you know, of course, um, Mayan Williams has been nicked up as well. He's had to miss some time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm going to say what I said last week, which is Ohio State play to your standard, not right. to the competition. You know, play to your standard. It doesn't really matter who the opponent is on, on Saturday. It doesn't matter what they show you. This is about you. My concernometer is a one. Um, I, now, I guess I, this might be a different conversation next week, PVH, if we see a lot of the same shit in this game that we saw last week, because it doesn't look like Ohio State is going to have the excuse of weather. I'm looking at the the extended forecast. looks like there's a 40% chance of rain at this stage. Temperatures uh, around mid-40s. But you're at home. 
right? You're not playing in a high school field. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, that, and that's, that's a big difference. And that's a good point versus, you know, 50 mile an hour winds. Right? right. So even if it is rainy, okay. Still play your game. You right. know? Yeah. It, so that, that's what I want to see. No play excuses. to your standard. But no, no, exactly. No excuse. All right. So why don't you give me a score prediction, PBH? How do you see this one? Ah, man, I'm going to go 42 to 10. 42 um, to 10. So you don't yeah, think they cover? Think what it, uh, High State's a 40-point favorite in this game. And the over-under is 59. Uh, yeah, my gut last week was, and I, I completely went against my gut. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 42 to 10 is an ass whooping. I yeah. just think with a little, you know, I, I, you have to factor in the weather. It, it, it makes a difference. And so who knows if, if it turns out to not be that bad, then I do think, I think they'll write the ship. I think that was, you know, that, uh, you know, mid season sort of slumber that they went through these last three games, and now they're going to start to hit their stride. And but I, I also think if it's going to be crappy out and rainy, then you know it's hard to score you know fifty points. You know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm going to go forty-five-seven Ohio State. Not quite a cover. Yeah, and I, and I'm with you. And I think at this stage of the season, you get control of the game. You got you got guys nicked up. And you've got bigger goals. And actually, even starting with the following week, you, you've got a pretty decent Maryland team on the road. You're going to have to, yeah. you got to bring your lunch to win that game. You're not going to just be able to roll your helmet out there and win that game. Um, so 45-7, I could see a scenario where Ohio State, you know, has the game in hand pretty early on. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it takes a few series. It, you know, it's not the end of the world if it's 14-7 after the first quarter. It is a four-quarter game. A lot of fans forget that. A lot of people who are paid to cover college football forget that, by the way. And then I could see Ryan Day pulling his starters, uh, you know, in the third quarter, or late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and, and you know, not much happens in the fourth quarter. So I got Ohio State 45-7. I, I think they're going to take what happened in – Evanston last week to heart and I and I think we're going to see a better overall performance on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it, I think it's important too, right? Because I think three games, yeah, um, it could be a trend, but they need to kind of write the ship and you know just psychologically, right? I don't think it has any you know bearing on whether or not they get in the playoff and you know stuff like that who cares about style points at this point i think i think the team mentality needs to kind of you know sort of take take it to the next level for this stretch run and i think they'll get there yeah yeah let's not make what happened last week a thing right it's 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 a weird one-off you know unusual weather event Okay, Ohio State. Let's just let's just make it an isolated, an isolated event. Yeah. But you know, it, it could be a different conversation, as I say next week, if that doesn't happen. Now, <laughs> not, yeah, we could be talking at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. So well, you know, we, we will be talking at halftime, but it could be a very either way different conversation at halftime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, did, real quick, playoff uh, the playoff rankings. Ohio, uh, sorry, you got Georgia taking the number one spot. No, no surprise there. Ohio State playoff committee didn't seem to be. Uh, at all affected by what happened in Evanston. They've got Ohio State number two. I think you even had the committee chair mention the weather at Northwestern. I think Michigan probably missed an opportunity to gain ground Ohio on Ohio State in the rankings because they, they could have come out and just boat raced 
Rutgers, but they didn't. Uh, still, it was enough to elevate them into the third spot. You got TC at, at number four, TCU, pardon me, at number four. Uh, now, we'll see how long TCU lasts there at number four because they got to play Texas, a dangerous Texas team this weekend. Um, and then interestingly, you got Tennessee right there at number five with a really good schedule. So the door is ajar for two SEC, te- SEC teams to get in. And then I believe you got a good, what, a good Oregon team at number six who's recovered nicely from that blowout loss over Georgia. Do you have any thoughts, PVH, about the playoff rankings before I let you go? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I watched a fair amount of that Texas-Kansas uh, State game last weekend. And Kansas State had a chance to win that game. Um, you know, and so when you – you got two sec teams you got tennessee sitting there mm-hmm. and if their only loss is to georgia um tough to leave I them out right that yeah <laughs> and you know so i don't i don't i think tcu actually beats texas this weekend and okay and then i think they have a fairly clear road to making it um but you know at the end of the day, man, there's so much football left to be played. Who knows how it's all going to shake out, right? There's going to be some more upsets. Yep. Um, I mean, shit, man, you could you could make the argument that LSU has a you know a puncher's chance of getting in there after knocking off Alabama. Oh, I think they're um, in. I mean, I think they win the SEC. I think they're in. I don't think they they have to win the SEC to get there because they already have two losses. Two if, losses. But if yeah, they, if they exactly. lose in the SEC title game to Georgia, there's no way they're getting in with three. But yeah, if they beat them, fifty. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, and how great was that? Like he's going for two. And then, you oh, know, man. to see what Notre Dame, you know, like I'm rooting for freaking Freeman at, you know, up there. And yeah. that was awesome. You know, get just get them out. Although I wanted to play Clemson, but they're completely, you know, yeah, out of Clemson was fraudulent. Uh, so, you know, Notre Dame, and now we'll see, right? Because they've been they've they've risen up and played all the best teams on their schedule very, very well. And they played Ohio State really tough. And I think they've beaten every other quality team that they played uh, up to now. You know, they took they right. beat a solid BYU team on a neutral field uh, in, in Las Vegas. They beat the Syracuse on the road at Cuse. And then they handled you know, they bait, the boat race Clemson last week. But now <laughs> you, you got to go and play Navy on the road. That weird triple option that just, you know, low possession game. You know, you got to... You know, you got to prepare for Navy in the middle of a season, right? Like the the time to play Navy is in your season opener where you can spend the offseason preparing for that triple option. So, uh, you know, I'm watching that one closely, right? Because, you know, we, we need right. Notre Dame to continue to win. That's a quality win for us. It just in the event that Ohio State does lose before the end of the yep. regular season or in, in the Absolutely. Big Ten title game and their resume has to be compared to another one loss team. Um, not yeah. other, other. Well, and they're going to play USC at some point. I'm pretty sure they are. Right? Yeah, which you know, I think is a U.S. If you're a USC fan, beware uh, in that game because Notre Dame has had a knack to rise up and play their best against the best teams on their schedule. Not a ton of other intrigue around the country. I'm just ticking down uh, the list of of games here in the top 25. Penn State has an interesting matchup against Maryland. That game is in Happy Valley. Maryland is six and three. Um, it's a bit of a rivalry between those two teams. Uh, only a 10-point, but Penn State's only a 10-point favorite at home against Maryland. That would be interesting to watch. It's another team we need to continue to win. We want to see Penn State continue to win. 
Um, that's that's one of our signature wins so far. But I don't see a ton of other uh, games here, PBH, that we really need to talk about. M- Michigan hosts uh, Nebraska, a lousy Nebraska team that's reeling. They're a 31-point favorite in that game there. I totally expect Michigan to, to take care of business in that one. So I, I think on that note, my friend... I can let you go. I think it was a good effort for a Thursday night. So uh, why don't we plan to reconvene next week to have a look at Maryland? You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.